0: Welcome back. Thank you for hanging out with us. This is the one and only IT in the D Show episode 451. I'm your host, Bob Waltonspiel hanging out with co-host producer extraordinaire Randy Walker. Guest this week, got lucky enough to snag Hodge Flemings himself, serial entrepreneur, mentor, creator, all the things. We're going to have a fun talk this week. You can find us online at itinthed.com and do us a favor. Give us a like on the social. Subscribe to us everywhere. Find podcasts are sold just so you know there will not be a december meet up be sure to be on the lookout meetup.com slash it in the d for our 2023 i can't believe i'm saying that calendar um we're trying to uh if you got any feedback for us on where you want to have us or where, what do you think we should be doing we're all we're completely up for uh for for suggestions so reach out let us know what you think haj how you doing it has been a long time um i think uh, we're on video right now i know this is audio only but you're like last time i saw you you had hair so yeah it's been a while
1: Man, it's been a while. So you had hair. I weigh less. You know, um, you know. <laughs> I'm telling you, the world has changed. Um, I don't think I even had my daughter then, because my daughter is she's uh, she's twelve. And for some reason, you know, well, no, no, it had to be it had to be about 2013, because because me and Delaine came on. So it was between 2013 and 2015. So yeah, so that was so,
0: that was we wanted to rebrand the show because he talked so much. We wanted to call it the IT and the Delane Show. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's
1: kind of doing stuff right now, huh? Man, he is. You know what? I am super proud of him. Uh, you know, I think back on those times where I guess I was I was a mentor, and he wrote a book. And you know, and I you know he was gracious enough to put me in in the book and kind of talk about kind of like where we started but you know I remember having him as a business partner you know when he was like about 20 he he now runs play versus the uh, esports platform for yep. for amateur you know esports and you know stuff like that but he's raised over 107 million dollars from Diddy's, uh the Dodgers the 49ers Samsung and um he'll have an exit in the next few years I'm sure it'll be a billion-dollar exit. There was a recent article, uh, I think it was an online article in Forbes or something like that, and you know, and talked about his four hundred million-dollar company. So super proud of him. But I always knew he was going to be great. Um, But the thing that I found interesting was is that there was no BC money in Detroit. Nobody from a BC standpoint invested in him. Um, I was fortunate enough to be an early investor or an original investor. But like it was, it's insane to even mention that there was no BC money in Detroit when the people who had the money knew exactly who he was and had, and kind of had Intel on it. So, but you know, I don't think he's upset at this point in his life.
0: (laughs) No, no. I mean, and that's a good, good thing to start on. It's, you know, cause the V. when we had our first billion dollar it exit, which was duo security, it was kind of like, all right, put that, put that pin on the map. We're here. Like, you got to pay attention because there's some really cool companies talking. And I was at, you know, at work today, and I was talking about how the G the big threes and the VWs and all them are coming out and saying, we are not a car company, we're a technology company. So we're trying. It, it's just a matter of catching up. We're about three years laggards from the coast. It always have been. Whether it's clothes, whether it's technology. So uh it'll get here. It'll get here, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if people think about, like, Detroit, our DNA creativity but we put our hard hat on right and so so we work we're gritty but we are innovative and and so just because we don't make cars at the rate we used to make cars we make other stuff and we come up with incredible ideas and and so that's the beauty of Detroit. I think the other party trip which I think is amazing that the barriers of entry here are a lot lower than in any other market. And so I think the opportunity to be able to put a stamp on what you do you know and even even when we were talking about like this podcast, so you know, so before podcasting became like the thing that everybody's doing now and before Spotify existed, I remember you guys were just doing the work and you know and you know, and just putting in time into something that you loved, and it wasn't about the money, right? you know what I'm saying it was a passion. And there's nothing wrong with making a lot of money, but you know what I'm saying? But you guys were doing it early. And so I think there's a lot of things that happen where we're early on stuff. And then hopefully as things become more mainstream, there's a way for people to benefit from it if we've been there early.
0: And I think you can make a name here, whereas you go to the West Coast. You know, the fact that Delane made it moving out to the West Coast and and doing his thing, that just shows his determination. I mean, it's tough to say where'd you come from michigan what are you doing here like you know you don't have a network you don't know people and the fact that he did it you know again it, it's a cool story
1: so i've been i've had like a little context to it so so you know what i'm saying so like i probably know him in terms of going out and securing funds probably better than anybody else i know all the VCs can say that they know him, but they don't really know him the way i do and i'm not trying to say that so i can say that i have you know um i remember when when we were doing brand camp conference and we were trying to secure $5,000 sponsorships or sponsorships for a thousand. And he would go and he was pulling together best in class decks, pulling together 14, these are the top decks we're going through and the passion and drive he had when we were trying to raise a thousand dollars. I saw back then when we were going for a thousand, what people are seeing now when he's raising a hundred million. But it was that same energy that he had. And that's where he was going to be successful whether I was there or not because of the drive that he had. And so everybody just seeing what all of us saw at a young age. And um, he didn't take no for an answer. Me and him, butted heads and all kinds of stuff. But when he believed in something, he went for it.
0: It's tough. Like when you get those eyes, like you, you believe the eyes more than you believe the words. I, I've been told that. You know, throughout my career, it's like when you're finally working at a company that you like, man, it's like those eyes just light up and you can't you can't teach that. It's just, you know, you're either you're you're either into it or passionate about it or or or, you know, you you know, here's the thing. We're all salespeople. I, I used to I used to bicker all the time with my tech friends that they're not salespeople. I'm like, everybody's in sales. I don't care what you do. You got to sell your boss. You got to sell someone on the work you're doing. You got to sell people to, if you're leading a project or, you know what I'm saying? There's always sales involved in, in, in any step of the game.
1: Um, yeah, it's just, yeah. Just a matter of how you treat it. Um, and I also think now as I get older, because I'm 50 now, I look at the world in terms of how our our generation needs the younger generation and vice versa there are times when trying to work with, with the millennial generation, it can be like you pull your hair out because I've seen so many situations where they just want to be the star immediately, skip from first all the way to third, right? Um, but I also realized that as much as we have institutional knowledge on how things, how the craft is done, there's things where, where we need this fresh eyes approach. And so I think, finding ways to bring both generations together. So I try to learn as much as I can from people who are younger than me because the world is changing really fast.
0: See, it's interesting point. You bring that up because when I started in the it world, I was 22, right? The guys that were 50, we were starting at the same time. You know, all that data center stuff started in like 97, 96. Right. So like we all started together. Like, so now you know, my biggest thing is like, you know, I, I, you probably mentor a lot more than I do, but I do a little bit, but I always talk about fast track, especially Mm -hmm. in the technology world, because an amazing part is a lot of like the 25, 24, 26 year old that I work with. They actually want to listen. They're not, they don't know everything. It's uh, it's refreshing. Cause you think you're going to catch flack when you're, when you're, you know, mentoring, but no, Mm -hmm. but you know, that's the thing we get to give them the fast track, which is something that we couldn't, we had to learn on our, you know, We were all in this together at that point when we were kids.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think, you know what I'm saying, with how technology is moving and and how you can get information, because like back in the day, like we had to go find it in a book or there wasn't. Job board, like I remember, like when I was trying to get into the sneaker game, like I literally wrote every single sneaker company in the continental United States and had to wait for snail mail to get a response back. It wasn't a job board, it wasn't all these internship things, and I was hoping to get something back, but it took months, and it wasn't somebody to go call. I couldn't email somebody, you know, and so now the world is totally sure. different, and so you know, what I'm so technology definitely, definitely has impacted how we do things.
0: Well, now you can't email anyone anymore because uh, nobody does email. Now you got a Slack. You know what's their Slack channel? Um, which I'm still trying to figure out. That one passed me by, man. I, I there's a few things that I'm just, I ignored, and it, I need it now. And I, I, you know, like half my day is figuring out how to use Slack. It's crazy.
1: You know, I mean, uh, and it's the same way like with social media because because like if something happens like to your, you know, to your, you know, to your profile or whatever. You can't talk to anybody because stuff is free, you know. So it's like, okay, I gotta go put a put a comment somewhere, or you can go send a message to somebody, and you can DM them. But like, it's just so you're not talking to anybody because the stuff is free. Well, it's not free; they have your data, but you understand what I'm saying? Like, you're not paying a monthly fee, but but I think Elon's changing No, it. we're the, so, we're you the know. product.
0: That's the thing. We're the
1: <laughs> yes, yes. Right? They're selling. They're absolutely. selling us. <laughs> yeah. So that is too true. Yep. So
0: so i talked to god i think when you first started out about rebrand cities talk to me about i guess where how that thing came about and where you know and we'll we'll get to where you're at today because you're you're doing great things but i want to you know how did
1: you found or how did you start rebrand cities talk to me about that so um it started it started when i had a chance to meet john maida so john maida to me is one of the foremost design authorities in the world he um he used to be the president of of Rhode Island School of Design, was design partner for um, for Kleiner Perkins, one of the top BC firms. He's now um VC of AI, and I think AI and... Um, Inclusion and Microsoft, right? So so I bring him to my Brand Camp conference in 2016. And I was like, man, I want to show you all of these amazing other design schools. I want to take you out to Cranbrook. He said, Hi, I don't go out to the suburbs. I wanna I don't see what's happening like in the city. And so two weeks before our conference, he leaves, he leaves Kleiner Perkins and he goes to WordPress. And I'm like, why is he leaving Kleiner Perkins? And so, you know, so we had a conversation and when he came here, we then went around to small businesses and we spent a day building websites. And um, and then from there, it evolved into, you know, it was an you know, exciting project you know, with the Knight Foundation and um, it was a Knight nice City Challenge. And my goal was to, br- it was to rebrand a neighborhood. And so we went to, uh, we went to Grandma Rosedale. And when I went there, I realized that you can't just go into a neighborhood and try to do this project. I don't care how much money you have to try to rebrand a small business district, because I realized nobody had a website. And so, and so me you're and John, were getting, went you're getting neighborhood. granular. Yeah. Yeah. We were getting super granular. And so I said, look, yeah. I got this bag of money, but I'm solving the wrong problem. And so we started doing that. And it was from there that that kind of launched it. Um, and it was John who helped me secure the funding through WordPress. And I'll say this, um, Everybody needs a sponsor. John made up believed in me. I'm African American. He's Asian, but it was him in the boardroom, in in there, with the founder of WordPress that helped me secure that funding that got us started. And so everybody needs somebody who believes in them. And um sure. and so that was that was the uh, you know that was the kickoff point. So what? No you.
0: What's the plan, the goal? Are you, you're trying to, I mean, how far are you taking this? How far has it gotten? I guess let's get to, let's start there. Then we can backtrack.
1: So, yeah. So, you know, we've had a chance to work with over a thousand businesses in 10 cities in three different countries, building websites, um, working on digital transformation. And so, um, and so we've had a chance to work with small business owners that are unbanked, some who are homeless. Um, micro businesses, most of these are black, brown, and women business owners. And so we've had a chance, and I'll give you a quick, a quick case study. So we met Mario Kelly, who is, uh, who's the founder of Believe 313 Staffing. When we met him, worked on his website at that point in time, he was homeless. We developed a website for him. He gets Coca Cola as a client. His staffing company now cleans all of the stadiums in Detroit. And so it's those seminal moments of having a chance to work with an entrepreneur or a dreamer or somebody who has amazing ideas and, and be able to help them to go to the entire next level. And, and that's been, and that's been the work that we've been doing.
0: You told them you got 15% right off the top. <laughs> I need my royalties. I need my royalties.
1: You know, so we do what we do, you know, so.
0: No, cause if you look, I mean, here's the thing though. You look at, you know, it's not just the website anymore. You need to go like ten steps deep, and it isn't even like six years ago where you just need to do Instagram, Facebook, and you know, make sure your Google rankings are high. Now you got to make sure you do TikTok and you're TikTok and you're putting out Instagram videos and you're doing content and you're you know you're doing like how far how far like are you, are you taking them? You're
1: taking them through, so. So now what we're focused on now is digital transformation because now the ability to have a quote-unquote website is a lot easier now than it was in 2017. So we still help in that area, but you can get a scrolling page. You can do, there's AI platforms that can build a website, out, They can build a landing page for you. So there are options there. So so now what we're doing is that we're looking at the digital transformation component of it to help the businesses be able to scale because we realize that there's a lot of, Back end kind of issues. Uh, there's tools that they can use since they typically are smaller teams to be able to be, um, to help the businesses to be more sustainable. So, those are the things that we're really trying to focus on in terms of helping these small businesses because um, there's a lot of tools that will free them up and allow them to focus on on the core business, right? And so, and so those are the things that we're looking at. And, um, but really, what we really have, um, have been part of our niche is that is that we've had great success in third-party partnerships, public, public and private. So when we did this project in Detroit called Digital Detroit, uh, we worked with the Rocket Community Fund um, and and um, the City of Detroit. And so we didn't have to go look for businesses. Businesses apply. We didn't have to charge the businesses. All the stuff was paid for. And so that's the model that we've used in, in all the cities that we've gone to. And it's allowed us just to stay really focused on, on the work.
0: See, now you I'm going to give, I'm going to give this credit to you and you might, you might argue with me, but you were the first one. I remember barking about personal brand back. I mean, this is back when we started the podcast. Like I think you were even starting before that. What, Talk to me about that light bulb that went off because like now I preach it now. Like it's like, it's, you know, put your shoes on in the morning about making sure that you're covering your personal brand. But like it was, it was, you know, it was foreign to me when, when you, when you, you were barking about it back in the day, talk to me about that.
1: Yeah. So my book came out in 2005. Um, I first read about it in 2001. I was, um, I was looking at a fast company magazine and Tom Peters had, um, had written this article, The Brand Called You. And when he said it, the light just went off um, you know, in my head because I was like, okay, brands have certain things like, like you know what I'm saying, there's a brand name, well, we have name, there's a value system that, you know, you know what I'm saying? that's connected with a brand, a brand has a name, there's all of these things. I was like, human beings had the same thing. And so and so when the wheel started turning, I realized that there was something there. Now you look at it and you can just see how important it is because from an influencer on on all these platforms, name, recognition, followership is key, right? But then you look at somebody who can, you can now have a personal brand and things can go wrong. Things can go south. You can look at a Kyrie Irving where now people will, with they will engage with a person differently than they will a business brand. So a business brand can say something like Balenciaga and come out with an apology and they're going to sell more shoes than what they did before. Sure. Almost guaranteed. Right. So, but a person can't walk that back because of the platform. Because so, so it's all of these nuances in terms of how do you manage that personal brand? How do you manage it in Web 3.0? What does that sure. look like? yeah so but um, so yes yeah, so i think it's here, truly truly valuable yeah
0: so it's easy it, it's easy for me you and Kyrie to manage your brand because we have unique names right like there's 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 actually another bob Waltonspiel in la um that i've been fighting with since the early days since dot com started <laughs> for the for domain names and email addresses um but like someone like randy randy walker it's a, it's a it's insanely common. How do how does you know how do the Randy Walkers of the world kind of stand out in creating their personal brand? I think there's a football coach with my name, so that makes it even more difficult. Well, the worst is, um, is way more popular friend, than what I, I do. friend Terry Bean. If you Google Terry Bean, it's like he did that guy did some shit. So it's like, oh man, how do you Ooh. jump over? Like you got to figure out how to get that guy off. You know, when you Google you. But I mean, that, that's what I'm saying. When people with common names, sometimes they get wrapped up. How do you how do you work around that?
1: So, yeah, so part of it is, is digital real estate, right? You know what I'm saying? So you want to be able to own, like, digital real estate so that so that you can own own that part of the Internet. There's also on, owning the conversation online. So so the activity of you being active and being present and really trying to figure out what is the space that you're going to own. So even if you go back to a Tim Ferriss, right, right? Um, I think it was at South by Southwest, I think it was in 2008, I think he had the book, um, it was the four-day work week, and he positioned himself as a lifestyle expert. What in the heck was a lifestyle expert in 2008? Like, he came, he searched, he looked, he was like, lifestyle expert, I'm going to do this, and yep, I'm going to own this space. And so, he positioned himself. So, brands can be manufactured like the Kardashians, they can be, and they can be wildly successful. It can be authentic. Um... But if you do have a very common name, there are some things that you have to kind of work through, or if you have a long name, or even your name, if it's hard to, you know, if it's not common to spell. So Gary B is a perfect, perfect example. So his is Gary B E E because he knows people can understand that and they're not trying to misspell like his last name.
0: See, the only thing I got going for me is I've been called Glockenspiel since I've been old, you know, tall <laughs> enough to walk. So when I when I do my uh, when I DJ, I was going by DJ Glock and you know, but I, I don't I didn't want that to be my brand. So I just, you know, I just ran with my, you know, and uh, spell my name wrong. They're going to do it. But, you know, I, I think it was unique, unique enough where they're going to find me one way or another. But, yeah, it's always been a, you know, Gary Veezy, the- Bob W. That doesn't, you know, it doesn't have that ring like Gary V does, you know.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think, like, part of it is just staying staying true to who you are, and we all evolve. Like, you know, just like a business brand evolves, we evolve. And maybe some of the things that you were, like, gun ho about, like, back in the day, it might have changed slightly, you know. And it could change for a variety of reasons. It could be because lifestyle issues, and you're like, you know what, I want to be, you know what I'm saying, because, like, part of what we preach is the new luxury is freedom. And so, at the end of the day, the super wealthy, in my opinion, the money that they've amassed, for me, I look at it, it, it allows me to have the kind of freedom to work on the projects that I want to work on and do, um, and work with the people that I want to and do stuff that matters, right? And so, ultimately, that's the place where I think there'll always be somebody who'll make more money than you. There'll always be somebody who has a bigger home and oh, yeah. car. So, like, the goalpost moves all the time. So, you know, trying to keep up with that kind of stuff is, you know... <laughs> you'll it's be you'll be miserable
0: out. for the rest of your life you'll be absolutely miserable yeah, that's right. something i always talk yeah you know yeah, e- unless yeah. you unless you are michael jordan unless you are lebron james where you're clearly like the best in the you know but it only lasts so long right tiger woods only lasted so long um you know there's going to be someone coming up behind you so that they're gunning for you there's a the lifestyle, and
1: then you and that's why you got to be gracious you have to you know what i'm saying the easiest spot is being number two when you're number one, everybody's gunning for you, and father time is undefeated. So it doesn't matter how great you <laughs> are, at some point, unless you're Warren Buffett. Like I read this amazing book, uh, and it's um um and it's called it's called The Psychology of Money, and one of the things that they talk about they talk about Warren Buffett and why he's successful. So he's widely considered the most successful um, um, investor of all time. But if you look at his returns, based on his returns, he's not. And what they talk about in the book is that he's been doing the same thing for 50 years. And so he amassed 90% of his wealth after the age of 50. So how many people have been doing what they're doing long enough to get to a point to where they get that real hockey stick? And through his successes, he's been doing it longer than anybody else.
0: Yeah. So that's what I, you know. I feel like it's funny because, like, you know I reached out to you, and I'm like, oh shit, you guys are still around. Oh, you know, and uh, not that COVID leveled the playing field, but I feel like it did in a certain way, especially with what we do or did. Um, did did you see that in the startup community, or what did you see in the start? Almost like, you know, upstarts creativity. can get, get a jump. Sure.
1: So so creativity sparked, and I'll give you a couple of examples. So one is I was like, everybody's at home. I'm going to do a virtual comedy show. So I reached out to comics and some comics were like, yeah, and some didn't. But when I watched SNL do theirs at home, it was garbage to me because they didn't have all the all the big, you know, they didn't have all those, all those big cameras. So it was just somebody in their bedroom and I was like, so I realized then, I was like, okay, when you level the plane, but you can see who has the juice and who doesn't have the juice, right? Yeah. And so, and so I think it allowed a lot of entrepreneurs to be creative and have to reimagine and figure stuff out.
0: Well, that was a, well, I remember we were making fun of Jimmy Fallon. Cause like, I got a better microphone in my basement. This is <laughs> worth $50 million. You know, you can't get a better setup for home. Like just order that on Amazon, just do the show two days later, you know, but what, one of the things that was interesting, um, I follow the restaurant industry very closely. And what I learned is some of the rest, some restaurants got shut down completely. Some stayed, some dipped some stayed status quo but some tripled and the ones that tripled were the ones that got home delivery and curbside and it's almost become a norm now you know my we did, we threw a party saturday for a family and my wife had to go to par- party city and she was belly aching and i go mm-hmm. i went online i ordered all the stuff curbside pickup be there in an hour and a half like i just saved her an hour and it's funny now how the norm has changed because of that. But the people that evolved are going to get the business, right? Where the ones that don't do that are, are going to suffer. So it's interesting, yeah, the creativity and just being able to give multiple options now is um, the norm.
1: And then being able to op, being able to operationalize the things that you're doing. Because during that time, so we did a project called Digital Detroit. So when the city had reached out to us, it was for us to work with 100 businesses. Who weren't online, and so we kind of went through that process, and we had coffee shops and series of other, I mean, actual actual businesses, and then uh, and then the next part was okay, all right, we got you online, but people can't come in the door, so now how do we help you? Okay, QR code. So trying to tell a restaurant back then you need a QR code restaurant um, actual menu was like, okay. And then I need to have a POS system that allows somebody to pay for it and come pick it up. And so now it was those small little things like that that could make the difference because now it's like, okay, all right, how do I make it easy for somebody to keep giving me money? Sure, right. I mean, that, isn't that with every business, right? Yes, um, yes, yes.
0: <laughs> so talk modern modern athlete, talk to me about that. You you start you actually went out and started a
1: brand. I'm I'm intrigued. Uh so yeah, so um so yeah, so I started looking at people like Pharrell. Um and so like I draw a tremendous amount of inspiration from Pharrell. And when I looked at Pharrell, now of course he's the A-list celebrity, you know, and all these things, but every time I saw him, he was always every everything he wore, everything connected to him is stuff that he benefits from economically. So when he, you know what I'm saying? So his, you know, he's always wearing a sweatshirt that a human made. He has his own skincare line. Um, you know, he you know, he wears Adidas, which are the shoes that he designed. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to wear my own stuff. So, you know what I'm saying? So I want to have a physical product, but the name, and so I'm wearing Modern Athlete here, But the name came from my health journey. So in 2019, I had a tumor and I got it removed. And when I got it removed, they were like, look, if you don't, if you don't get chemo, you have five years to live, and you know, and all of these things. I said, Well, look, I want to go look at alternative health. And so then I went plant-based. I started sleeping more. I started doing all of these things. And so I had four lymph nodes that were larger than 20 millimeters in size. When I change my eating and diet and all of those things, so now I'm, I'm down to one millimeter that's above ten millimeters, and so so by the end of this, so by this, so by the end of this month or next month, I will do my next scan and I should be good. And so I, you know, what I'm saying so I realize a lot is from regular people. So what we do is we create everyday luxury for everyday athletes because, and I call it everyday athletes the community builders and all of those are uh, great uh, creators. And so part of it was. I uh, just learning from just regular people. And um and so so we do direct to consumer It's all online at modernathlete.com. everything is cutting and so and I'm having a I'm having an amazing time doing it. Stuff
0: looks clean, it looks good. I'm checking it out right now. The, you know, the backwards try. Detroit. I always <laughs> wanted to do Debt Riot shirts. I always thought that was, that was a good play on Detroit. But like yes. you kind of have that going on with the backwards Detroit. No, everything it looks clean, it looks good. Yeah, and that's part of our
1: reflection um, line. So, so if you're in the if you're in the bathroom looking in the mirror, then it spells try oh, yeah. the correct way. So, you know, it's all about the
0: selfie, man. Bathroom <laughs> selfie. <laughs> selfies, part of the brand, part of the brand. Um, yeah. Reason I, you know, I like I said, I've been following you. You know, I haven't stopped following you, but I recently saw you were mentoring at TechStars, and I, yeah. uh, part of me was like, oh man, I, you know, I wanted I want to jump in on that. But the other part was I want to, you know, I want to learn more about what you were doing. Were you, so you're doing personal brand. Mentoring, or what? Was, what was the game there?
1: So it was the first cohort um, here. Um, amazing entrepreneurs, and for me, it was it was a full circle moment. So um, I met Brad Feld back in 2011. Um, so Brad Feld is one of the co-founders of TechStars, and so um, so I met him through an accelerator that I was a part of. And, um, and so a lot of people don't know this. So he spoke at brand cab in 2012. I believe that was the first time he ever spoke in Detroit. And, um, and I'll never forget when he was coming here to speak. Some other people had found out that he was speaking. And then, and then they tried to create this dinner, this free dinner on the same day as my conference. I'm not gonna say who it was, but I called them up. I said, look, you have to cancel this dinner. This is not going to work because he's the main draw. So then, you know what I'm saying? So then they they changed around and made a private dinner and all those things. So, but it was him coming here, that was pre-Techstars mobility. So a conversation was had, and again, it might have happened like without us, but a conversation was had when he came here to speak at Brand Camp. And Techstars mobility happened after that. So I'm not saying that I did it. I'm just saying that there is a coincidence in these dates. So, you know what I'm saying? So so long story short, now I have a chance to be able to work with some amazing entrepreneurs here in the city of Detroit. Um, Monica Weiss is doing a great job. And so um, it's amazing the ideas and, and the creativity that these business owners have. And so it's a joy to still know that people want or see value in what you bring to the table. And I hope that I can just, you know add value and be able to help them to take and scale their ideas at the next level
0: yeah monica was on the show a couple of months ago she's one of my favorite people in, in town yes. yeah yeah um it's funny though it, it makes me when you say that it like all the when we were doing the pink slip parties the job fairs back in the day you know off our meetups then all of a sudden someone else is doing a you know pink slip party and then you know we start the podcast and then someone else does a podcast studio and it's you know, it's it's funny, though, you know, it makes you it validates what you do when you see this stuff kind of building and growing around you. That's kind of related to it. Um, you, you know, I, I didn't take credit for any of it, but it's like, you know, we, we kind of said like, all right, we kind of started this thing here. You know, good luck. Good luck replicating what we do. You know, that was our that was our tagline.
1: Yeah. I mean, and again, if we sat down long enough and we just started chronicling or just writing down the things that we helped to birth. Whether it was storytelling for you guys when there wasn't was you know what I'm saying when people were still trying to figure blogs out, right? Or all of these things, we can probably stitch together pretty cool, you know, quilt or whatever that is the fabric of the entrepreneurial community or this new age on, on um, entrepreneurial like community. I remember um, so there's uh, there's Nyla Ellis who runs Ellis Island Tea. So she is the so she is African American. She has she is the largest beverage owner African American woman in the country. I remember at our first conference in 2008, she made tea for us in a bucket. This is when she <laughs> was slanging tea from her car. So like I could I could run through all of these stories of all these business owners who are doing amazing stuff, who we, at some part in their journey, we were there, you know? And so it gives me joy just to see what they're doing. Um, and as they blow up again, just don't forget about me. That's all I'm saying. You know, just don't forget. <laughs> right. well,
0: I w- so I always picked up, Uh, I'd have to, I'd have to ask, nobody could ask me because I would say no, but I would, if, if they wanted to get into sales, I would like mentor them through. And I've brought up, a few. And, you know, one of them went to work for Cisco. Another one is successful at working with, with Amazon web Services, Amazon cloud, you know, they just, you know, and none of them haven't been successful. So it's kind of like, you know, and these were people that weren't in technology. They were either you know working in retail or bartender or, you know um, so it's always good to like look back and go, I'll never take credit. Cause they had to put the work in, but you know, it's always, you know, my, I used to work for a Japanese company and he'd always say, I got to have two people. To run a business one guy to point at the ground and another one to dig the well and he goes if you have both of them at the same because you know you can dig all day if you don't know where the well goes but if they get you know but if you can get the same one to the nose and to dig then then that person's a billionaire you know yes um, yeah that's yeah, a rare breed i always love that saying though because like you know that was a that was our partnership i knew where to dig the well and and, and dave dug so like you know <laughs> we got we got it done though um Good. Well, hey, we got to uh, we're going to wrap things up, but we got to get together in person, man. I haven't seen you in forever. Um, when I was going to say, when you had your stuff going on, I got uh, sepsis from surgery. So like I, I yeah, we keep we both came close. So I'm still uh, I'm still fighting the after effects of that one. So it's been it's been a journey, man. But it's a really great catch, catching up with you. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. But the main thing is that you keep having birthdays. Right. And so so I tell okay. people that like, what I learned like from my health journey is this is that you have all the money in the world. But if you don't have health, you don't have anything. And so right. at the end of the day, we need that because our families need us around. Like there's there's so many things. There's so much institutional knowledge. There's so many things that you know where you can help the next generation is that we need you around. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. so doing the things that will allow that to happen um, is going to be game changing. Because at the end of life, nobody says, man, I wish I had to work more hours a week. I wish I had to put in yeah. 70-hour work a week. Nobody ever says that.
0: No, no, but you know, it's funny. I don't want to end on that, but like my uncles that came my uncles were all immigrants and they all put in, they all worked seven twelves for like 20 years okay, and they all retired at like 55 and then they just like, you know, they all got together, bought a cottage and they would fish every day. So it's like they, they basically lost 20 years of their life, but they, but they set us up. So like all my cousins and everybody were either, you know, we're all, we're all doing well. Like none of us is not doing well, or You know, I got a cousin that's a CFO. I got another cousin that's a, you know president of a, a tooling company. You know what I mean? Like, it's all. It's awesome. you know, you kind of got to have that one jump start and you know kicks us all off. So, Hajj Flemings, you can find him at Rebrand Cities, Modern Athlete, Tech Stars Mentoring. I'm going to put all the notes in show notes uh, where to find him. Hit him up on LinkedIn or don't. I mean, he might he might hate me for doing that one, but uh, no, right. this is it's, it's seriously great catching up with you, man. And we look forward to, I look forward to seeing you in person soon. Thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. Uh, We're going to wrap things up on behalf of uh, Bob and Randy. Do us all a favor. Drink up your drinks. Get your phone numbers. You don't got to go home. You just got to get the hell out of here. See you next week. Drive careful. Beat it.